Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going, man? It's going well. We're doing something pretty crazy today that uh, I'm excited about. Yeah, we're, we're pursuing a risky endeavor, to say the least. Um, we've kind of avoided stuff like this um, since season five when we tried to rank all the legends. That was chaos. But today's episode is going to be how to pick a main objectively by assessing legends abilities and how they fit into the BR landscape. A little bit more subjectivity in this, which I think gives room versus the rank per se straight out. Uh, but I think it's going to be a really fun discussion. Before we do that, though, make sure if you want a question answered, leave it in the form of a five star review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the third party podcast and you want more, maybe for the holidays, please consider joining our Patreon community. You can get a ton of gifts and rewards on there that it'll just keep on giving from merch to gaming sessions replica weapons all sorts of stuff as well as early access to pretty much everything that we do from merch drops to episodes so there's a ton packed in there we would love to have your support over there and uh yeah big shout out to every single one of our patrons that has been engaging in our discussion podcast mm -hmm. episodes each month uh they've been a ton of fun yeah, it'd be great to have you over there. We would love to see it. But as we do on Saturdays, we are going to dive right into it. And this can be a fun one. For season 11 in general, though, we've really zeroed in on looking at Legends abilities. We've compared tacticals and ultimates, discussed passive abilities, their impact, which are the best. We've had Master and Ash and Wraith this season, two kind of, I think, more popular, bigger legends. Uh, We've made cases of five legends that we think are slept on based on their power and the application of their abilities. Each of these episodes was essentially a chance for us to be inspired to look at all their legends and decipher the power of their abilities holistically. This is a very difficult thing to, to do objectively, and the challenge of truly comparing passives, for example, is really limited. Look at like an LMG passive compared to a jetpack passive. Comparing those is really hard, probably impossible, but we still did it. No doubt about it, because the third party always comes through. So our goal today with this episode is to understand the strength of each legend's abilities through the lens of a battle royale specifically. We're not really talking arenas today. Uh, with this frame of reference in mind, though, we can attempt to select the legend to main. Somebody new to the game can look at this and maybe select a new legend they want to main that could support their playstyle based on individual strengths and weaknesses within the game. Of course, this is going to be still subjective, as it always is when we rank stuff and assign totals and points to things, uh, and should be taken with a grain of salt to an extent. We're not attempting to come out here and hate on any legend. We said it before, like every single legend in the game still can be good and success can be had with them if you master their kit this isn't like a giant gap where we have this unplayable thing at the bottom and these must use legends at the top so if you agree or disagree with whatever we decide today please leave a comment we always love hearing your guys's thoughts and perspectives and yeah that's kind of the thought process but do you want to walk through essentially the scoring process we went with and how we are grading these legends we kind of tried to take a unique style on this one 
Absolutely. Whenever in the past we had compared all the legends at once, we tried to weigh each element of their kit in that decision. Um, mm-hmm. For better or for worse, it might be the reason that we stopped doing it entirely, uh, <laughs> but we just tried to come up with an objective system because it's so easy to get attached to one legend like mm-hmm. Gibraltar and never <laughs> deviate ever. Um, so what a case we study try. is that, Henry? <laughs> I don't know. Some guys. Some guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the process. So first things first, in order to analyze each legend, we first decided to assign three different phases of the game in Apex. Phase one would be dropping, initial loot, and then the potential off-drop fight. Phase two would be rotation, fighting, additional looting, and just overall survival, respawning, reviving, things like that. And finally, phase three is that end game positioning and then third partying for the win, as we all do in order to maximize. Welcome to the podcast. You're here. Each of these phases have distinct differences in how each legend might maximize their abilities. And then to select the best legend per phase, we stacked every single legend against the following metrics. For each legend, each ability, we assigned a score, one through three, for how the ability applies to each phase. One is useful in one phase. That can be either the early game or the end game. Mm -hmm. Two, useful in two out of the three phases. And three, the ability is useful all game long. Next, we assess the power. And this is arguably the most important category to assess, but is also the most difficult because abilities range from offense to recon. And there's just an incredibly vast spectrum of what power means to each legend. The scope we decided on for what power would be is the ability to impact the outcome of a fight. And the scoring criteria is as follows. One, does not impact a fight. Two, makes a difference, perhaps intangibly. Three, absolutely impacting a fight. Finally, we accounted for the usability or ease of use of each ability. If an ability can be used all game and is very powerful, but is incredibly difficult to use, it certainly can't be given a high score overall since the success rate will be low given the chaos of a battle royale. So the ease of use criteria are one, extremely difficult to pull off, two, usable at least 50% of the time, and three, very easy to use. So that's a lot. To unpack. And we did that <laughs> a, for every single legend, passive, mm-hmm. tactical, and ultimate. Mm-hmm. And so we we essentially then took those, averaged it all out, and we're getting the numbers that we'll be talking about today. And the rankings we'll essentially be talking about today. And by all means, I don't think Henry or I are coming out here and trying to say this is the law. This is how you should rank a legend. Like I think there's flaws with ranking them in a tier system. There's flaws with ranking them in this system. We're trying to just make it. So there's less flaws, essentially, and a more effective way to potentially look at it rather than, than just saying, hey, this person's the best, this person's the worst, and we'll just have a ladder in between. So yeah. we're trying to mine that gap. I think we're very, you know, give us the feedback, like we said at the beginning, like there's definitely room to figure this out all together as a community. 
no matter what, it's going to be a fun conversation. And I'm glad we went through the exercise. I think there is a lot of meaningful information here. Um, Mm -hmm. But whenever you try to apply objectivity to a subjective game, it's not going to be perfect. We can't appease everyone. That's the thing. Can't. Like no can't matter what. It. So can't we're going to give our opinions. All the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Henry looks at these rankings and he's like, oh, it's not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it really never can be, but we mm-hmm. can only try. And I think that there is a lot of good, valuable information from For sure. this analysis. And it was As pretty fun. As there is with all data. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so the first category, so we took all the scores for all 19 mm-hmm. legends and we broke it down into three categories. The first category is the lowest scores and we are calling this the acute legends. And what that really means is that they're not necessarily weak overall. They just specialize in either one of the three phases or they're difficult to use or they aren't really applicable or they don't have the power to make an impact on combat. Mm -hmm. Hence, they're going to have a lower score overall if they're scored more on the low end across all the categories. Now, the legends here in descending order, most acute or lowest score to highest in the category are Mirage, Watson, Horizon, Lifeline, Ash, Crypto, and Caustic. Out of these, I think that most (laughs) players are going to agree that Caustic, Crypto, Watson, and Mirage are all pretty acute. You know, Mm -hmm. Caustic has strengths and is honestly at the top of the acute class of legends, but it's just gas. You know, it's a pretty focused, specialized thing. Crypto, kind of the same. You can use the drone all the time, but its impact is on the lower end. So it's kind of an acute specialized kit. And for Watson, you know, you have the issue of really having the kit only be applicable to the end game, to be Mm -hmm. honest. And then the power in that state isn't necessarily going to impact a fight outright. Mm -hmm. Then finally have Mirage, which would be the opposite of Watson. His abilities can be used all the time, no matter what lowest cooldowns of any, but Mm -hmm. Usability is kind of difficult to maximize the strengths and the power, even if you are there, isn't going to impact combat more than the other legends outside of this class. Mm -hmm. I like this because we looked at true cooldown recently, Mm -hmm. but I think the question then becomes, okay, well, what is the power of an ability if you can use it a lot, but there's not always a use case for it to be incredibly effective, but Talk to us about those, the three, I think, that might cause a little bit of some uproar in this category. Yeah. And keep in mind, everyone's very close together in the final scores for everything. But Horizon, Lifeline, and Ash are probably the more popular legends in this category that are getting ranked towards the lower end. So walk us through those a little bit. Yeah, you know, these three come out to be on the acute side of a playstyle and power. Um, and even though they're popular, it really means their strengths are quite concentrated to a single playstyle, or they just have a high difficulty. Mm-hmm. Lifeline is, of course, tied to a very strong passive, but the tactical and ultimate have very limited application, specifically to combat, since they take so much time. Horizon has a stellar tactical ability, but her passive is tied directly to the tactical very closely, and her ultimate is very strong, but 
when we think about efficiency, it has to be used in almost perfect situations. It's definitely not as easy as a defensive bombardment or even a gas grenade, to be honest. And it has to be coupled with either other legends and their abilities or just a barrage of throwables to really maximize its strength. Ash, on the other hand, mostly comes down to the ease of use score here. Ash is quite a difficult kit overall to master. The passive requires the patience and kind of focus on map analysis. Tactical is very powerful, but given its speed, it's difficult to use. And then the ultimate is also quite strong. It scores high on power, but requires timing, team coordination, and great accuracy and aggression for your weapons to maximize. Hence, Mm -hmm. it's an acute legend. Yeah, I think all three of those make a really strong amount of sense for each reason, and as do most of the legends in this category. You know, crypto is just can't be near the top because the difficulty to use. I do think it's interesting to circle back before we move on on talking about the phases of combat, essentially, and how that maybe plays a part in this. Because I think I look at our scoring system, and it's quite interesting to see that we do have some range here, right? In the same category. We have Watson, who came in at a 1.7 in phase, and we have Ash, who came in at a 3. And so we do have this kind of case of, okay, you can be strong at different portions of the game at different levels and still balance out to be near to one another because of the power of their abilities and the usability of their kit, which I think is an interesting perspective to take looking at legends as a whole and the balancing of them potentially on a season to season map to map basis meta to meta (laughs) totally 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 i think that we talk about power all the time almost every episode Mm -hmm. and how we interpret it the p um, word depending on the legend (laughs) it's really is sometimes but this idea of the game phases i think is what inspired this discussion Mm -hmm. and when you add all three categories of the game phase and then the power and then the ease of use the hope is that you're able to get a better understanding of the overall strength of a legend and the point is that a legend might have a really really powerful ability but if you can only use it in the end game Mm -hmm. then i don't know is it really helpful is it really strong that's what we're trying to achieve here yeah, I mean, the question for a long time with Watson was, how do you get her to the end game? And that's why people played Wraith for a long time. And since then, we've had the addition of a lot of other movement legends. And so now I think that conversation shifts with Wraith, like we've mentioned in the past. But I think it's a really interesting thought process to look at. But uh, we got some more legends to cover. We got two other categories we did. Uh, before we kind of dive into those, any other thoughts you want to wrap up with this acute category before we keep moving on? No, let's keep the ball rolling. Cool. Before we do that, here's a little word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Next category. Let's keep this keep this train rolling. This is the fastest we've ever gone through Legends before. No, not going to jinx anything or anything like that. <laughs> Definitely not going to do that. Um, this next category right above acute is a general legend. Mm-hmm. So a legend that maybe isn't applicable all the time and is the most powerful in all situations, but for the most part is going to have power throughout the game. It's not mm-hmm. going to be incredibly difficult, or maybe it's going to be a balance of the two that lands mm-hmm. in this middle category of general. Middle of the, the lineup pack. here. 
that word yes. we love to use so much. Like I think that yes. that's this category in a nutshell. Yep. And so in order from the acute side to the general side of things, we start with Rampart, Revenant, Wraith, Fuse, and Seer. I think this is a pretty good list, honestly. I think mm-hmm. this five has a really good combination of what their actual abilities are, the cooldown, and then what the application is and maybe the ease of use. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I really want to point out before we get into any of the others is that Fuse is here as kind mm-hmm, of the middle mm-hmm. legend. Some might say, oh, he just blows things up. He's pretty acute. It's a fixed play style. But since his abilities can be used in all phases because of the true cooldown that we discussed mm-hmm. and the fact that it's pretty powerful that explosions can make a difference, he's in this general. But he's given a three in phase because you can use it all the time. But for usability, he's given a pretty low score of 1.7. That is brutal. But that's mm-hmm. kind of what the system does in that you're going to have difficulty using that ultimate like it's given a one out of three just because you can only use it in a very niche situation long range for the most part it damages you if you do anything outside of that Mm -hmm. and then using the passive can sometimes be difficult as well so fuse is this dichotomy of you can use it all the time but it's kind of difficult to maximize that power which sits in the middle yeah yeah well said i think this is a really cool group to look at and Three of our five slept on legends wound up in this kind of middle of the pack group right. and we call them slept on and this is kind of a more of a reinforcement of that idea that like hey these legends you might not think of them as good but they have power throughout the process of the game for the most part and they are gonna be a steady little rock you can rely on when you're building out a team and i think it's really cool to look at legends from that perspective and be like okay i don't have like this maybe ceiling per se but I'm also not rocking in this basement dwelling of a floor. And I, I will be able to provide value to my team throughout the process. And that's really interesting because we talk about this game as a gun game for so often. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that at all functions of the game and and it's easy to use, you have some power, whatever it balances out to get you in the middle here, you will be able to provide value at some point with your legend, just not just your gun to your team. And I think that's really important for this category. Yeah, I think that maybe some of the eyebrows are up with Wraith being in the general category. Um, Honestly, she doesn't have any huge weaknesses based off of this system. You know, she's kind of just middle of the pack in terms of phase application, power, and ease of use. Um, But the one thing that I think is pulling her down into the middle is the fact that she has such a weak passive that her passive just doesn't really do enough compared to other legends. And she's hit so hard on cooldowns, both on the tactical and the ultimate, when we talk Mm -hmm. about the true duration of the cooldown. And the application is mostly going to be in the late middle to end game. Mm -hmm. So she just doesn't really maximize there, but she has a pretty good power score. So there's still opportunity to play Wraith, but we have to put her as a general because she doesn't have these huge strengths outside of that kind of specialized invincibility that is, of course, powerful. 
Yeah, I, I, I love that. And, and it reinforces the train of thought when we're talking about this episode's titled How to Pick a Main. And we mentioned stuff like, hey, Wraith has some lower usability stuff, as does Fuse. Okay, well, that means if I'm picking a main and I'm the type of person that wants to spend hours and hours mastering something, if you can master them and make that usability score really strong for you because you're using them so much well you're going to reap the rewards of the other parts of their kit and the other phase and power in general and so i think that's kind of like when you think about how to pick a main okay well if you're going to master somebody main them you might be able to counteract some of what we are scoring on the lower end for certain legends like wraith and fuse here totally true very very true now the final category we have the versatile legends, and these are the the highest scores. Um, versatile this is quite power. the group. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've been saying it for a while. Um, you know, the breaking of each of these categories is definitely a little bit soft on terms of objectivity. Sure. Um, but we start at the bottom of this category being Valkyrie, then Loba, Bangalore, Pathfinder, Bloodhound, Gibraltar, and Octane. These are the highest scores based off this metric and really going to be the most versatile because when you think about it, they're going to be applicable to the most amount of phases. They're going to have the most amount of power in each of their abilities and their abilities are going to be the easiest to use overall. Mm -hmm. So out of any of these categories, this is probably the one to pay the most attention to, to be honest. Yeah, and when we look at the scoring breakdown of these, it is that usability that separates a lot of these from the rest of the pack, rest of the other legends that we've talked about already. And that's a really important thing for Apex. I just mentioned that you can take the time to master something, but if you can also just you know get something right out of the box, fresh and new, and have a lot of easy, easy success with it, that's a really nice reason to stick with a certain legend for sure. Absolutely. I think that octane bloodhound and bangalore have the highest like usability scores out of this entire uh analysis and that is really what puts them in this category because Mm -hmm. just like you said you pick them up and it's pretty easy to unlock that power and apply it to each phase so the usability is definitely the gatekeeper uh here Mm -hmm. but talking about some highlights here octane is the only legend that has a three in phase. You can just use every single one of his abilities anytime throughout the game, and you're going to mm-hmm. get meaningful power out of it, which is really interesting. Gibraltar, coming in at number two here, is the only legend to have a three in the power score. All three of his abilities are so, so powerful. And even though the ultimate isn't very applicable to the late or the early game he still has a pretty high score on phase at 2.7 and then the usability i think is what pulls Gibraltar down a little bit but he's still the second highest in the entire uh analysis so definitely two strong legends the strongest in terms of this uh study and then you know like we said octane bloodhound and bangalore being some of the more approachable legends here at the top have to shout out the fact that Valkyrie is here. Definitely mm-hmm. slept on Legend, like we said. Loba is here. Definitely slept on. And then Pathfinder, you know, might be a surprise here. Well, a lot of his power is concentrated into the grapple. Why is he not in the acute category? Well, 
it honestly comes down to the survey beacon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see three recon legends here in the top. So mm-hmm. Bloodhound, uh, Valkyrie, and Pathfinder. It's so hard to separate out uh, the survey beacon. And mm-hmm. to be honest, it's why Crypto was on the upper end of the acute yeah. legends. If he didn't have a survey beacon and was the best at scanning them, he would be really close to Mirage in terms yeah. of uh, just that acute score, just because the passive has so much power in the survey beacon specifically. Mm-hmm. This is a really strong group. <laughs> really really strong group and i think that if we think about it in terms of okay you're trying to pick a main you Mm -hmm. try to look at all the abilities objectively put all these lenses on to come down to this set octane gibraltar bloodhound pathfinder bangalore lobo and valkyrie you cannot go wrong Mm -hmm. honestly Mm -hmm. you can't go wrong and i do recommend these legends for anybody that's in denial you know, if maybe you're picking between one in this category versus another uh, in a general or acute, lean towards the versatility because mm-hmm. power application, which each ability is going to round out how much you're maximizing a legend's abilities. Yeah, I, I very much agree with you. I think it's a well said, really good point. I like the scoring system. I think that for the most part, it, it covers a lot of places i'm excited to see i think the here's the one thing i will say like with this in terms of the general public we're gonna gonna go through our lineup like and how it compares to the actual popularity right now and i think the one funny pressing point particularly is ash currently where we have her ranked at the in the acute category and she is uh, i believe sitting at number three and that's down from one like two days ago how far does she fall because I think people are really freaking out about her still being at the top. And I'm seeing TikToks go viral, YouTube shorts calling her meta and stuff. I think if you take a step back and look at this scoring system and how we're breaking it down, I think we're going to see a much more realistic portion of where she ends up falling in line after another month or so of kind of continual play with her. And that's kind of sad. But, and I hope to be wrong, but I, I would bet on that being more so the case. It is what it is, honestly. You know, she has a lot of good things going for her, but the hype is still here. You know, we're mm-hmm. only in the first month of the season, uh, but she's on the downwards trend uh, as to be expected. Um, to be honest, we've already kind of shared where we think she might end up uh, in some of the maybe hesitations. She has both similarities to Octane but then also kind of that team coordination requirement that Revenant has. So those are two ends of the spectrum, uh, but I think that Ash will continue to fall throughout the season. The most interesting thing is that Ash was not touched by any balancing whatsoever. Um, essentially, Valk, Seer, both had some sort of hot patch on release, and Horizon had so much done to her kit after release. Um, not really the case with ash so we'll keep on monitoring that and see maybe there's something they can do to redistribute her power keep her popular um not sure Mm -hmm. let's keep this comparison going though like let's let's go through some of the highlights i think of the hey how did our rankings look versus how is how's the current pick race and kind of talk about that a little bit yeah and this is maybe highlighting how accurate our analysis was 
and probably pointing out where maybe there's underrated legends and Mm -hmm. overrated legends. Um, But first, essentially what we did is we took their pick rate popularity. So Mm -hmm. Octane is number one. We also scored Octane as number one from our system. That means that there is no difference between the placement of the general population and Mm -hmm. our system. The other legends that were very, very close to sitting in our system as to where they are in the popularity are Bloodhound, Pathfinder, Valkyrie, and Caustic. Pretty much exactly where we would expect them Mm -hmm. to be. Um, And a lot of this alignment is happening at the top, which makes a lot of sense. Means that the general public is pretty smart at picking a legend <laughs> and a main and sticking with it because of all the things we've talked about. Now, the legends that are underrated and we scored a lot higher uh, and ranked almost a lot higher than their popularity would be are Seer and Gibraltar. Yeah. I think we just talked is, about both these. Yeah, you know, we, we did. As a slept on legend. Mm-hmm. Seer is an interesting case. I think Seer is a case of recon like we look at recon you and i very much value that ability no he's not bloodhound but recon is still valuable and so we see that as powerful and something that should be valued in the game but i think pick rate more so shows a sign of okay i'm gonna choose bloodhound over seer most of the time because bloodhound is better at these things than seer is and so seer suffers from that comparison Yeah, I think that in terms of popularity, Seer is the 16th most popular out of 19 Legends. It's Mm -hmm. very, very low. We put that eight places higher at number eight, still below Bloodhound at number three in our ranking. Um, But I think Seer definitely has a place uh, in this game. I think that when we talk about Recon, Wall Hacks, whatever, I really enjoy all three of Seer's abilities. And when we segment them, that's really going to showcase Seer's strength. When we mm-hmm. look at the passive and we say, okay, this does this, this, and this. Is that powerful? Is it applicable to each phase? Mm-hmm. This system was really built to make Seer shine. Yeah. Yeah. Gibraltar, I don't know if there's anything to say. <laughs> um, really strong kit overall. Um, pretty usable. You know, you're hit with pretty hard cooldowns, but. All things considered, the power is there to back up the cooldowns, which is Mm -hmm. really important and something that isn't quite there with Wraith, who also is really hurt by true cooldowns. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Not much else to say about Gibraltar. Well, I think this ranking shows kind of some of our perspective. Like Gibraltar, 97.4% pick rate in the last ALGS competition. Like. Mm -hmm. Most popular legend in the pro scene, just not a popular public legend. But our rankings, I think, align closer to that competitive ranked, hey, let's play to win style. And so that's where I think we see that high ranking coming from our system, at least in comparison. Yeah. So th- definitely someone that has slept on and ever, there. You got to have a Gibraltar main in your friend group. Like, oh, it makes your life so much easier. No doubt. <laughs> you definitely got to work on that. But the legends that we essentially deem overrated based off of mm-hmm. this framework would be wraith ash lifeline and horizon mm-hmm. each of these fall between eight points in the ranking to 12 points for ash ash we already talked about kind of an outlier mm-hmm. will continue to go down in terms of popularity 
we're kind of pegging her as the lower end as that acute legend based off of just the readout of her kit. Mm-hmm. But what about Lifeline and Horizon? Um, why do you think yeah. the system might underrate them or feel think, like they're overrated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Horizon is an interesting case study because I think she's she's fascinating. Let's circle back on her. I think Lifeline and Wraith are two similar legends in that you see popularity, maybe not in power, but for Wraith, you see it in like, hey, like Wraith has the number one pick rate amongst Preds, Masters, and Diamond players. And we kind of measure that in the system of, hey, the usability is hard. Henry and I just personally value usability when we're talking about who should you pick as your main at the start. It's hard to recommend Wraith, even though she's a really popular legend per se, because she's really difficult to get the most out of her that you can in a legend case. But the like, you can call me crazy for this also, but I think Wraith and Lifeline are interesting cases of, you know, their kits have changed so much from start to finish, but they're kind of just staples of the game in terms of lore, in terms of uh, like the advertising of the game like from the start they're both og legends you can pick them as soon as you open the game and when we look at popularity and pick rate as a metric i do believe that that has some sort of importance at a certain extent that the character that you want to play in main is someone that you think is really dang cool and i think that's the case for lifeline and wraith and we see them as two of the most cosplayed legends in the history of apex i think that that's part of the reason for that and then maybe why some people play them as well on top of it yeah i think that putting lifeline in acute and wraith and balanced is probably fair but like you said there's reasons that they're still popular yeah like wraith has that high ceiling that i think people are chasing both of them are og legends that Mm -hmm. got heirlooms pretty early on and then lifeline exists in this interesting space where she's been changed up probably the most out of any legend But if you are new to the game, you're very much drawn to playing support, to playing lifeline, Mm -hmm. because the movement in this game is crazy and the guns are so powerful that you kind of want to springboard to the opposite and say, I'm going to res, I'm going to play the medic. And so she'll probably always stay pretty near the top uh, if she maintains that role in the team. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting for sure. Yeah, she's she's an interesting one. She's an interesting one. I I mean, Horizon to me is slightly a little bit of the I'm not sure how to make a perfect scoring system, but I want you to walk me through it as the, you know, like looking at Horizon as a whole with the system. Yeah, I think it really comes down to her whole kit works together really well. But the tactical has been hit so hard that you can't really exploit it to do all the crazy movement and escaping Mm -hmm. like you used to, then the passive isn't incredibly tangible in terms of dictating fights. So she's penalized on that. And like we said at the beginning about the ultimate just being such a niche application that you really want to use it in a confined space where you see multiple enemies and then you add on a bunch of other things in order to actually deal damage. It's complicated. Horizon's a Mm -hmm. ton of fun, and I love how her kit feels, but in terms of power and applying that power, it's more difficult than it used to be, without Mm -hmm. a doubt. Yeah. Horizon is another one of those legends as well that is 
played more at the higher levels has more of that ceiling because like what you're talking about the coordination with the kit you mentioned that the ultimate requires some coordination with the team and other abilities and there's some difficulty in that and so i think that leans into the issue a little bit i think in general though um like we mentioned like horizon's one of these cases where she's her pick rate is ninth she's still very close though to the legends below her as well so she could you know if people stop playing her for a month at a time, we could see okay. her drop to be much more in line with this model per se, or, you know, vice versa. If like a buff comes or something and then our model would change as well. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps up those legends. Do you want to, let's wrap this up. Let's keep this rolling. Yeah. In conclusion, I think that a three point scale is the best that you can do if you're trying to be objective, because if you don't do a bad good, great metric, it's very difficult to differentiate between a three and a four out of five. You know, what's the real difference in that distinction? But that being said, a three-point scale has glaring issues as well. Very few abilities in Apex are flat out bad since they were specifically designed to have some sort of unique application. Um, and so then you kind of turn into a two-point system almost of, oh, mm-hmm. it's pretty good and it's really good. And you can't get a whole lot out of that. So mm-hmm. this is, the, I think, one of the best objective systems you can create, but it's obviously flawed. Yeah, a three-point system forces you to make some tough decisions. And anything more than that, you get, some, you get a little bit of a cop-out in a way, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, But another really good takeaway for this system of scoring and ranking the legends is the balancing of the game. Mm -hmm. Based off these scores, the legends are very balanced. The difference between the top legends and the bottom legends is not super drastic. And the differences between all the legends along the way are really, really small. That means that when we think about all three of these really important categories, phase, power, and ease of use, legends are considered that maybe they're not framing discussions like this at Respawn, but what they're doing does line up to exactly what we're analyzing here to be a strong legends kit. Well said, well said. Now, again, to kind of downplay this model a bit, it does (laughs) omit fun which is likely why Mirage is played at all. It also doesn't really account for team composition. If your squad needs a lifeline to fill a specific role, you should play lifeline. Playing generally or very versatile is not always the best, but for today's discussion, we were trying to look at great mains, legends that you can always play in any situation with or without a squad in or out of ranked. So don't stop playing Lifeline if you have an acute application for her Mm -hmm. abilities. But when we're thinking about a main, something that's going to be more fun most of the time and be rewarding, I think this is a pretty good stab. Mm Mm-hmm. It is a good step. It, it, like you said, it leaves out some of the fun. It leaves out some of like what I talked about, like the aesthetic of the legend. You pick mm-hmm. who's coolest when you first opened it. First legend I played with was Bloodhound because I thought they looked the coolest, and that kind of made that decision for me. But hey, if you're starting at the podcast level and then you're going to the game, this is going to be really helpful and making you realize, I think, where the power of some of these legends are. But yeah, there's there's always going to be some variables 
no model's perfect. There's opinions everywhere and there's external factors regardless of where we go. I think the question then wraps up though. Is anyone listening to this changing your main? Are you changing your main, Henry, based off this analysis you put together? Are you going, or is this just reinforced that you're just going to continue to play Loba endlessly? <laughs> I don't know. Loba is a lot of fun, but Gibraltar being number two in this system definitely reinforces. Hopefully I'm not too biased in mm-hmm. its creation. But yeah. I, I don't know. I find this stuff interesting. Hopefully, I think uh, it's a really cool one. Others do. I agree. I agree. But that's going to wrap up uh, some of the how to pick a main, kind of talking about the legends a little bit. And we're going to wrap this episode like we always do by answering some five star questions. The first one's coming from a great username here of the Dyson V15 Detect Cordless Vacuum. Love the show, boys. I'm a day one listener, and I love how you inform and advertise, advise all tiers of players. My question is, why did you not mention Wraith's Crouch Portal in your Mastering the Legend segment on her? I know it's somewhat of an advanced technique, but can be extremely useful, especially in a bait portal play. Cue up the good work. Dyson, great point. The Crouch Portal is a very interesting technique. It involves timing the portal's creation with a jump, a b-hop, and slide to make one end of the portal essentially small and then force players to come out stuck in the crouch animation and make them very vulnerable. It's just one of those ones. It's, it's too hard. You mentioned it a little bit in your question. Advanced technique. We tend to not always include that kind of stuff when I'm not sure how reliable something like that is in terms of how you're going to master and play someone on a game-to-game basis. I play a lot of Wraith. Maybe it's my mistake, but I don't do this all the time. One, it's very hard. I can't do it a lot of the time. And two, it's not something I can consistently rely on. So that's that's kind of why we omit stuff like that from a lot of the Mastering the Legends stuff that we do. Yeah, we, we try to think about how to introduce a Legend to somebody so that they can learn them, master their kit, and Mm -hmm. the niche applications that might even err on the side of a game exploit typically aren't included just because it's not really baked into the design of the Mm -hmm. legend. And maybe it's not something that we want to inspire the use of necessarily just because Mm -hmm. it's it's not really what you're supposed to do and you're not going to be able to achieve it reliably. So Good question, though, and always love to hear from a day one listener. Crazy yes, yes. that we haven't heard from you yet. We've been going for almost two years now. Oh uh, thanks goodness. so much for reaching out. Wow, that's crazy. Two years. Okay. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> Next question coming from Noah Bob 0 Hey, all I just listened to for the first time and instantly fell in love. This is exactly what I was looking for. Thanks so much. Question. My friends are very... My friends are very good players who main Seer and Octane or Valkyrie. I've been playing Bloodhound because he is very easy to play while giving so much information to the team, but I just feel like Seer does Bloodhound's job with his passive. What is a good third legend within this team? Also, what makes up a good team? That's a great question. I mean, what makes up a good good team? Yeah. Yeah. What makes up a good team is a tough concept, but I think we always string on the one concept of versatility and that, hey, if you have a team that is built to accomplish and get through any situation together, you're you're in for some success. Henry and I tend to not be the, hey, let's double down on defense. Let's run Caustic, Watson, and Rampart and just kind of lean into that. We like versatility and versatility is uh, part of how we just rank the legends in a way. And I'll say third, good third legend, 
throw the Gibraltar in there. You're going to get a lot of help out of them. No doubt about it. But Henry, how about yourself? I probably did steal your answer on the legend though. Yeah, I kind (laughs) of steal my thunder, but I have to agree with that. You know, depending on your squad, you can favor defense or offense, but we just have come to this decision that because it's a battle royale, you're going to need the push and pull. So legends Mm -hmm. like Gibraltar, Bloodhound, Bangalore, even Octane that allow you to pump the brakes, redirect, recover when things don't go well. If you get third party, it gives you a chance to get out. If you're all offense only, you don't have those more defensive opportunities. Um, Seer doing Bloodhound's job with his passive. I shouldn't have you should definitely listen to point. our episode yeah. <laughs> um, about comparing Seer and Bloodhound last season. I think we broke it down really well there in that identifying rats or where an enemy is is only one component of bloodhound scan and Mm -hmm. it probably isn't the strength of that ability it's kind of a waste to use your tactical to check behind you in a situation bloodhound maximizes their strength at pinpointing and tracking through walls during a fight in order to isolate one or see if somebody's healing or resing or whatever so there's a lot more than just seer's passive packed into bloodhounds tactical well said last question of the day is coming from seto kaiba 11 hi guys thank you for the consistent uploads and always giving me something to listen to while driving at henry i know you love the g7 but i can't stand it mainly because i'm terrible with it when you have an r301 already what about the g7 would make you want to drop the 301 for it at shay What's your favorite Vanguard deck? I played Gold Paladins way back when they used Spectral Duke Dragon as the main grade three, but haven't played since. Man, Seto, you've been listening for a while. You're appealing to me as a trading card fan, and you're I guess we everyone knows Henry's the G7 guy. It's said every episode at this point. So take you can answer first. How about you get your question first? You dropping it for an R3? Uh Right now, life's different without the G7. I am picking it up in the care package. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I go back, um, I'm not going to drop the R301 for the G7. Not going to do it. You have two weapons. I think you can (laughs) pair the two together Mm -hmm. really, really well. Um, I don't think that the G7 necessarily replaces something like the R301, Mm -hmm. which is one of the best weapons in the game. So if you are trying to part with the R301, don't think about that other weapon to replace with something like the G7 once it makes mm-hmm. its return. Well said. Yeah, and I'll answer the my question. Love talking card fight Vanguard. It's been a while. If anyone ever wants to chat about it, feel free to hit me up on Discord. But uh, I was a Kagero player, and so I played with you know Dragonic Overlord the end. That was kind of like my main grade three last time I played. But yeah, that's probably a pretty niche audience that understands anything I just said. So we will uh, wrap it up and keep going. Keep the conversation rolling over on Discord if you want. <laughs> that's Sounds gonna- good. Yep, sounds good. That's going to wrap up the show. Thank you to our producer of the third party, 10, who supports us on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Drop a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Third Party Pod. And check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.